Well, good day and welcome to the first Carnage House Productions podcast of 2019. Definitely not the last. Today, I got with me very special guests uh, in terms of being uh, very emphasis on the very special. My younger brother. Andrew Cameron, how are you going, Andy? Not bad, mate. How are you? How good, are you? good. Young Doss, he goes by. Any other nicknames? Uh, I mean, Young Dossy, El Doss Man. That's uh, starting to get some traction. Is it? Sometimes just Big Dossy. Um, sometimes from females, Daddy Dossy. But that's uh, that's on the low, though. That's keeping that from mum. Alrighty. Jen, shout out to Jen if you're shout watching. Shout out to Jen. Or listening, made, whatever. Made pretty four, four pretty good kids. So far, uh, so we'll far. see, we'll see. Uh, so you've just wrapped up the end of year 11, first term of year 12, yep. you're on summer well, holidays. Well, we've had um, had our first term of year 12, that's uh, like term 4, year 11 is essentially term 1, year 12, you start the HSC content, had AT1. Yep, so, bit of HSC content. Bit of HSC content, mate. Do you feel like uh, the kings of the roost around school now that year 12 is gone? Look, Just year uh, 11's really starting to push the claim. Look, in um, in our house at school, the year, our year's always really been quite dominant, so it's not really a big change for me. Um, but look, it is, it's more just daunting more than anything, knowing that this uh, 13 years of education is about to be about to be done and dusted put on the shelf and just this is the year where I'd make sure I'm showing something for it. Well, that's the thing. you get to the end of it and you've really got to say, that's where all the money went, yeah. and it's you. So yeah. it's either going to be embarrassing or it's going to be a, a handshake. Yeah, it's going to be hopefully some multiple handshakes for multiple prizes, hopefully. <laughs> I reckon it could be unlikely, but I'm keeping could my be. fingers crossed. Anyways, um, you've got two glasses there, staying hydrated. You can oh. see him. He's got his Duke basketball shirt on because he's one of them homies. Throwing it up. Shout out to Zion. Shout out to RJ, RJ. Barrett. And uh, the, the guy who slept on, who I rate quite highly, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish is a beast. I'm pretty sure he's number five prospect or something. Uh, you know and, um, look, some mock, like I was reading Sports Illustrated mock draft today. He's, he's third on their list behind Zion and RJ. Um, the thing is, he's just embraced the role in the team as the third man. Just sort of Chris Bosch type of action. Chris Bosch, James Harden, OKC Thunder. Yep, See yep. what happened to him when it, once he left. Mate, and that's got a Cam Reddish got a lot of James Harden potential. I think very mm. slept on. Anyway, very slept on. Anyways, we, there's a lot to get through the podcast. Um, we've touched on a little bit now. I want to yeah. want to talk some sports. I want to talk some Australian cricket. Australian, Australian, even rugby league. Bit of rugby league action. Had some big news with Daddy Daddy <laughs> Napa. Big Papa. It's crisis mode, but we're gonna get, we're gonna get through all of that and more and memes and memes. My favorite memes. That's the. Uh, it's about time. Twenty nineteen year of the meme. It's coming back. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll bring out back some dank memes. Some dank memes. That'd be nice. What I'd like to see is potentially Andy might you know highlight some of his favorite memes, mm-hmm. um, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, you went to the US. Yep, just uh, played some ball, played shot a some hoops, bit of ball action, shot some baskets, as Mum would say. And the um, the women love the accent, don't they? The women, re- they really fall for it, mate. They really do. Even with the buddy, even the youngins in the crowd um, from who were on the tour with us, the youngins got a just got around the chicky babes from these high schools. They just fell for it straight away. How young are we talking? Like uh, kids going into the eighth grade were uh, handing out Instagram profiles in the words of John Hennessy. Handing them out. We might have to be deleting the name out there, but... <laughs> um, 
Yeah, look, he's uh, they they really really do fall for you straight away, especially if you've got any athletic talent, which is showcased in the games, obviously. So if you if you have a little bit of a, a ball and out in a game. Cheeky, the cheeky babes come lining up. They really do. Well, I guess it, it's been that way for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, you ball out, bring home a saber tooth, exactly. bring home the woolly mammoth, call yourself the woolly mammoth, swing the trunk around a bit. Yeah, and then you've got every every woman in the tribe ready for the top dog. Coming for a bit of young Dossie. Well, not not me really. I'm more of a, a role player, so that's not really my role to, to uh, collect the cheeky babes. But I'm. I'd say the smoothest on the team. <laughs> Smooth caramel. Yeah, some uh, bit of Michael Jackson action. Yeah, a bit of Ron Burgundy, Rich Mahogany. Oh wow, that's uh, that's how I describe myself. Is that what they call you, the Bergs? The uh, the Bergman. Between <laughs> at home, Channel Four News. That's me. Yeah. Um. U.S. basketball. Yeah. Uh, ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Still year three, still without a jump shot. Concerning. Oh, he's no, he's um. He's starting to shoot him a little bit. No, th- not even close to the three pointer. But now starting to sort of inch out from outside the paint. You can get um. He's hit a couple of little nice fadeaways, turnaround fadeaways. The first one was by accident, pretty much. It was shot clock running down, and he jacks one up. It's like, oh, what are you doing with that little jump shot, Ben Simmons? <laughs> well, the thing is, obviously, it's we we remember these things, turn away faders, because. They're so rare for Ben Simmons. That's the yeah. reason why they stick out in our minds. It's concerning. Yeah, but he's got to look. He's got to really take the finger out. I reckon he's um too busy messing around with them Kardashians. That's it. That's too the busy, problem. Too busy on the PUBG and the Fortnites. Needs to get in the gym. Needs to get in the gym and needs to get some goddamn shots up. I mean, the best balls go through shooting slumps, even if you're a good shooter. But he hasn't even attempted to to put it in the hole. He's having a serious shock. Well, he wouldn't know what a shooting slump is because he doesn't shoot he it. He doesn't shoot the damn ball. It's, it's, he's doing well. He's doing, he's he's doing well. The last couple of games he's gone actually pretty decently. He's gone some like 20 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds type of games. People have been seriously disrespecting him though. Have you been seeing that? And, um, about what? About his jump shot uh, and that he's not a point guard. Did yeah. you hear that? I, who said, I don't know, it's two guys on... Um, it wasn't first take, but it was one of those programs. Yeah, Basically, they said... Guy was like, he's not a leader, he's not a point guard. Year three, we're expecting some progression. Then mm. the other bloke said, in reference to the uh, jump shot, what he's hearing is that he hasn't even worked on it. That he was, hasn't even worked on it. Look, That's concerning. That is quite concerning, especially with all the uh, all the trash he gets himself into off the court. Yeah. I mean, if he really wants to be in the pantheon of greats in basketball, which he seriously has the potential to be, he's not... Not often you get a legit 6'10", 6'11", point guard who can handle it and big and he's quick. Mm. But in this day and age in the NBA, you've got to shoot the damn basketball. You've, you've got, got to, to really it. shoot it. You can just step back against bloody um, Boston in the playoffs last year. They put Al Horford on him, big, slow center. The disrespect, I would take that personally. There's a lot of disrespect going around towards Ben Simmons, rightly or wrongly. We saw what happened with Chris Humphrey's career once oh, he started mucking the, around with Kardashians. Tell you what, he was a double-double machine before he started mucking around with the Kimmy big, K. The big hump. He was a very, very good role player. Very he was a good, good. Six, six, seventh man. Six, seventh man. He even started for the Nets for a while. Yeah, and you know what? It's sort of... My, my game's not dissimilar to hump. It's a lot of role play. You know your role, you stick to your role, and you play it perfectly every single night. 
that's what you got from the hump. And then as soon as you started messing around, having a 90-day marriage with Kim K, you can get Disastrous. the hell off my out of my league. Disastrous. Get the hell out of the NBA. Nothing sinks a career quicker than a date with the Kardashians. Even, mate, the, the Jenners now. I'm surprised. Look, I'm happy for question Kai. is, does Jenner count? I think, well, we have Does Kendall seen... Jenner count as a Kardashian? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all the... The hoo-ha that comes with it, she's inherited. So I think. I mean, you look at what happened to Lamar Odom. Oh, gee whiz! <laughs> <laughs> Talk about from going to a championship, like a main player in a championship team, to all drugged Shaking up, up for dollar bills, drugged up, seen passing out, coming out of strip clubs and that type of business. I'm not sure how Chloe K did the binnet on him like that. Did the serious swoopage. Then, buddy, Tristan Thompson, Thompson getting caught <laughs> double, red-handed. Double, double, red-handed. I don't see. This is the thing I don't understand. Tristan, I saw this the other day. Oh, what? You know, it would have been a couple of months ago. Tristan Thompson's six ten, six eleven. You walk around a club, everyone knows who you are, and where, <laughs> and where you are. You pull a sneaky, everyone's gonna see it. It's not. It's not very sneaky at all, is it? And it's got no stealth. No stealth. No sleuthage. He's obviously and the. To think that like no management would see him and think there's a little bit of source, let's go see the CCTV footage. Yeah. Which is what happened. You see him there with two honeys on the couch, just having a little bit of ooh-ah. <laughs> I mean, what type of idiot <laughs> thinks he's getting away with that? It's a low IQ individual. <laughs> it's on and off the court, mate. He's turned from a... He's on a massive contract. Was one of the best offensive rebounders in the league and he has been big steaming pile of trash I think he's um in some trade rumours at the moment I mean he's had who's dumb enough to pick him up because you got to take that contract you got to take that big fat LeBron contract LeBron said just sign like he did with man. JR sign him give him whatever he wants and of course management at the Cavs they want to keep LeBron so they're obviously going to sign what he him said. yes LeBron please let's sign him garbage garbage absolute garbage anyways Oh, mate. So gets, we've, we've, I don't know what it is. The power forwards. Yeah, it, I t- it's because you're like you're quite big and built, but you're not quite like seven one awkward to walk around with. Like if six I, nine, six ten, still awkward. Yeah, but I mean they're built quite sturdily. Mm. Like um, K Hump, he's like he was wide, a big man. He was big, six ten, six ten wide, pretty pretty shredded, like pretty built. He was in good nick. Yeah, but then you go if you walk around with like Anderson Varejao. You look like an absolute idiot. Yep. Look, Benny Simmons, he's got to work on a jump shot. Dante Exum's been, let's be honest, a disappointment. Mostly through injury, though. I mean, when he's he's just pretty much conceded he's going to be a bench player now, which is not... His confidence is shot. Yeah. Gornsky's Jingles. But Jingles, Jingles the is ruthless. See that... Um, that blew quote he said they, they blew the kiss to, yeah. to the Pistons fans yeah what he quote. say I've got a receding hairline Man, I'm, I'm slow but I'm still going to beat you one on one tell you what that's it that's the, the money that is the money man Jingles he's carrying Australian basketball on his shoulders at the moment um, I think he's probably one of my favourite players because he's uh, he's got to like, be just like he said he's not, he's not athletic at all he's got a receding hairline he's pretty tough to look at but he is so cocky and it is Killed so Paul funny. George in the playoffs. He made Paul George, who's now an MVP contender at the moment, made Paul George bow to him, call him sir. Kiss in the ring. Kiss, get out of my sight, he says to Paul George. Yeah, pretty funny. He's a funny dude. But um, 
Aussie basketball, do we have a chance? 2020 Olympics. 2020 Olympics. Look, we seem to always look really look as if we're the second best team on the planet most of the time, and then when it comes to to money time, we freeze up. Um, Get smacked up by some Eastern European team, yeah, it's like or Spain or Brazil Slovakia, or something. Slovakia, Serbia. Argent- yeah, I mean Argentina. Even Slovenia now is going to be good with Luca. Pretty much, it's going to be the Mavs. Just put Luca in a bunch of trash around him. But um, tell you what, there's. Australian basketball, though, will just go get better exponentially, I think. Um, you've got guys like, even like Josh Green, who's just committed to Arizona, one of like the sixth prospect for shooting guards, who's got some serious potential. Um, and I mean, it's not slowing down. Like, I went to Nationals last year, and even just watch like the championship games you watch for like the championship division, and there is some serious heat. Serious, serious heat. ballers. Serious ballers makes it. A six-three, schlanky, unathletic dude like me look like an absolute idiot. Um, you do that pretty easily, anyway. But yeah, I imagine look, yeah. <laughs> it's it's brought on to myself. But um, look, I think we're, a lot I think, of Sudanese playing basketball yeah. as well. I think um, I think by maybe twenty twenty-eight, twenty thirty-two, we might ha- actually have a crack. Twenty-four, um, twenty-four. Maybe if Ben Simmons pulls the finger out. If we if Kyrie decided that he wasn't going to be a trader, I think we definitely would have had a crack. Yeah, um, we've still got the the Lord Delhi. He's still kicking he's it. He's still around. He's going back to the. He's Cavs. still alive. He's um. But we got a whole lot of point guards and a whole lot of nothing else except Joe Ingles. Bo gets shot, shot to absolute. Well, bits. Bogut's been around the. He's been around. He's the had the more freak injuries than <laughs> anyone like I know. Three minutes into the Lakers' career, Gornskis. He's a big man. He's good though. He was good. He was, yeah, and he's he was good. Number one, Yumro Uno pick. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, who's going to win the championship this year? Look, um, you'd have to be stupid to not put it on the Warriors. Um, Boogie coming back in two days or so, two, in a couple games. Um, there's some sleeper teams, like the Rockets with James Harden. If he ch- decides to show up in the playoffs this year, are going to be good. Um, I don't think you can put the Rockets in there. Well, I think no Trevor Reza. I mean, the thing is, though, you got a guy who can, who's fill it up, averaging forty-one in the last ten, like eleven games. It's ridiculous. It's a, yeah, but playoffs are a different beast. It is. And They're he, totally different. There's just like you know, he may even put up fifty. He might average fifty in the playoffs, but you got to get him over the hump. The Rockets can't play defense. Can't play D. Also, they just James Harden does not show up in the playoffs. He doesn't. He's a myth. He's, he's a myth. He's one of the. I mean, besides. LeBron not showing up in that Heat series ages ago against the Mavs. Against the Mavs, James Harden's pretty close to le- that level of just chokeness, chokeness, ghosting in the playoffs. Um, he had, I mean, he's really just got to step up. Just him, Giannis, um, Paul George. Just, Bucks are not bad. Yeah, they aren't bad. Um, I just think they haven't got much other than Giannis. Which Raptors is looking good. Yep, Raptors Celtics today, very good game. Great game. Celtics, one team that mm. could challenge, if we're honest. Yeah. If there's a challenge. team that can run with the Warriors, I reckon yep. it'll probably be the Celtics, yep. if not the Thunder. The Thunder have, have become more athletic. They're also, the thing is with the Thunder, right? They just can't well, shoot. That's their well, big problem. Westbrook is having a historically crap shooting season, and yet they're still like the third seed in the West. Mm. So you got to think. If he starts picking it up, he, getting that 2K cheese in the last that, bit of the... Last bit of the swing season. Exactly. If he starts shot clock season in the last half of the season, we'll be 
in for a good shot, I think. They can... Because they're also, with a guy like Steven Adams on the team, they're not going to take no crap from the Warriors. No. Like, because the Warriors you sort of get you down more, like, mentally, I think, than actually physically. You, there's, they start hitting a couple shots, and you're like, oh, goodness, what, are, what have we got ourselves into here? Yep. And then um, I think they've got a... Westbrook and Adams it's got this sort of back to the wall mentality where it's going to keep swinging and I really 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 like that yeah big time always good Warriors particularly Warriors Thunder series with Durant leaving yeah it's always a snake a lot of bad blood there a lot of bad blood understandably so yeah I'm not sure how you could do <laughs> I got that no respect for Durant no respect to leave the team to you know to go to the team that beat you by one game in a series one. when you're up, yeah, yeah disgraceful it's a, it's a serious cat effort yeah. Cat He's a snake. Anyways, uh, that's the NBA wrap. I reckon uh, I'm going to put uh, my money on Boston. I think Boston, Boston can do it. I don't think the East is that strong if they beat the Raptors. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I think the Raptors are the only real contender. Philly's good, but I don't think they're there yet. Ben Simmons, no jump shot's going to be rough mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Um, anything happens to Giannis, the Bucks are Gonskis. Giannis is the Bucks. Um Anyway, so we've obviously there's been big puppy flying around. Big puppy. Social media. Um, NRL crisis mode again. Look, it's it's funny you it's get bad for the game. Nine days into the year, when you haven't even played a game, not even close. I think it's March the NRL starts again. You're nine days into January, and it's the first bloody crisis. Saw a Batuta advocate article on that, which is pretty funny. Yeah, Batuta's is pretty good. Yeah, they, they were pretty quick on that as well. Came out like an hour later. There was and, a... you, and they just fill it up. They they don't hold back. Yeah, I like it's them. story after story on Big Papi in yeah. the Napa Valley. It's pretty funny. You that whole sports. You know how sports bet got up him because um, Batuta was taking the piss out of sports bet. I think I did say that. Yeah, I think I did. Threaten legal action. Sports bet. Thought yeah. they could run with the bulls, didn't they? Mate, sports bet. Don't they wanna, don't throw banter if you can't take the heat back. Classic Cameron phraseology here. Don't come into the kitchen if you can't handle the heat. Sports bet. Get out of my sight. Get out of it, sports bet. That's weak. It's just like those memes at the moment where it's just like, blah, da, 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 um, makes it so obvious that you never had any older brothers bullying you when you were growing up. Have you mm. seen any of those? I haven't seen those ones. But it's like, um, so it's like sports bet, you having a wear over Batuta giving you a bit of, bit of hoo-ha. This makes it so obvious you didn't have any older brothers growing up. <laughs> got nothing. It's a lot, a lot of weakness coming from sports bet, who are normally pretty funny. They are. I tell you what. I reckon this is almost... If you did a poll, it would almost be true. Beer ads, uh, betting ads, almost always the funniest. Oh, for and, sure. and the best, most enjoyable. Almost uh, always. Especially because they're just in touch with Australian culture. Whether yeah. Australian culture is whatever you think of it. Um, they're just in touch with it. I don't know what it is. They're always the best. They're always the funniest. They're always the funniest. Always got something to say about uh, just... The, the average Australian, I think, is what they really appeal to, mm. which is something that a lot of a lot That's of That's their target market. Because they, mate, I'm not sure who doesn't enjoy a nice cold brewski. I mean, I'm 17, so I wouldn't know. You better not be. I don't know what you're talking about. But um, just from what I've seen, some anecdotal evidence, I think. Um, nice cold Chuck Bruskowski. Anyway, so the Napa Valley. Um, apparently, the video is pretty old, actually. Probably it is. Apparently, he didn't have tattoos. It was when he was young at the Roosters, and and it's pretty super convenient. Comes out after he signed with the Bulldogs. Obviously, someone's been sitting on that ting for a while. (laughs) I'm not pointing any fingers. (laughs) 
I'm not doing none of that, I but mean, I'm saying that he's just about to play his first season with the Bulldogs. Bulldogs paid a lot of money for him. Yeah, it's a lot like um, Mitchell Pearce saga as well. I think it was. I think the um, old the old dog thing came on uh, while he was leaving the Roosters or around the sort of latter stage of his tenure there. I mean, the Roosters seem to have some very convenient yeah, press releases. I don't releases. know who's organising the character assassinations with the Roosters, <laughs> but there's a lot of good timing going on. I mean, super convenient for them. Means uh, they're keeping their boys in check, but as soon as another club, don't they don't have any culture, as soon as another player goes there, they just lose it. I mean... Uh, the Roosters do a good job of just doing the DC dip and twirl out of any liability on these issues. They're, well, they're the Sydney, they're, they're, they're the Eastern team, and they're um, they've got no fans. Like if you look, like Roosters um, fan attendance is pretty close to the worst of the NRL. Yeah, but that's I mean, a fact. They always seem to sign every single star player ever, though. It's a salary sombrero. Yeah, for them. Um, anyways. You can complain until the cows come home about how the roosters sign everyone and it won't really get you anywhere. It's just going to keep happening. It's going to keep happening. Some, someone's got a second book somewhere for them on how what their salary's doing, but can't do much about it, really. Anyways, uh, so there's the Napa video, not looking good for Big Papi. Uh, Corey Norman video just came out. Did you see that? No, I didn't. How long ago is this? Uh, a couple of days. What's he, what's he done? He didn't do anything, but he was in a video uh, featuring an old bloke um, who were inhaling a white... Uh, well, it was a blurred, oh. it was a blurred out, but it was... A white substance. It may it may not have been a white powdery substance. Got some uh, balls on the rack. <laughs> Kill him up. Um, a little bit of Rick James action. Uh, yeah, it was snowing where he was. and Does he, The boys had the skis out, probably. Yeah, there was... yeah. A few slums, <laughs> a little bit of moguls action, bit of alpine, <laughs> bit of cross country. Um, Threadboat came to Corey, and I don't know, he didn't actually, um, you know, whatever it was, but he was, but he knew the bloke who did, so obviously, not a good look. Yeah. Also, just as Corey has signed with the Knights, I'm mm. pretty sure. Where did he go? Did he go to the Knights? No, he went to the Dragons. He went to the Dragons. Yeah, just he signed the Dragons. I don't know who's holding on to these just as people leave clubs, because obviously that doesn't look good for Parramatta. It looks it better for Parramatta than it does for the Dragons, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's super, super convenient. Um, you got to think there's just some people out there that really either have one club's back or really don't like it a different club and yeah. that's why these releases keep coming out I mean um, they're two of the most valuable clubs going around Parramatta and the Roosters yeah they seem um, well I mean Parramatta still probably has the arguably the best fan base in, in one second yeah look I'd agree with you I think uh, Parramatta does have the best fan base in the league there's no question um, well it's, it's just tough for the fans though it's this tough is, for the fans had a serious serious dry run ever since the 2009 miracle run and since then, I mean, we've just gone downhill. The signing of Brad Arthur as the coach, I think, was a good appointment and sort of trajectory started going a little bit up. But once again, we're down the dumps. It's, it's tough to be an Eels fan out here. It's always tough to be an Eels fan. There's no question. Um, always getting tagged in abusive memes. That's that's um, the worst. That is the worst. The worst. You just got to laugh. You just got to laugh and um, play along with it. Anyways, um, do. Are NRL players, do you think, particularly bad um, if you take them as a group within society? Would you say that they're 
proportionally more likely to do done stuff than the rest of and and speaks to the more broader point obviously like you hear this a lot um should they act like role models yeah um look a lot of a lot of debates a lot of uh debating done over this um i think that it comes with the territory to be honest um you know you're in the public eye I mean, I have sympathy for them. They are, for most of the time, they're large, a lot of testosterone going through them. It's usually surrounded by other large men with a lot of testosterone, trying to be sort of the alpha dog because you're the big, famous footy, footy player. Um, so I do cut them a little bit of slack. But at the end of the day, you're earning... I think the base salary in the NRL is like 90 k 100 k for six months of work. I think you need to suck it up and stop being idiots off the field. Especially, there's obviously going to be cameras on you. Um, <coughs> I think that you got to just pull the finger out and start acting like role models, especially because all these kids look up to you, which is unfair. It is unfair, but you've been blessed with the talent. It comes with the downsides. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to take, again, the unpopular, the contrarian opinion yep. is that NRL players are not... Uh, role models nor should they be but but it is in their interest Mm. to be and I'm going to make the distinction they are absolutely entitled to go and do whatever they want to do but I guarantee it makes them less marketable when they pull stunts like this Mm. sponsors run away clubs don't want to sign them Um, they feel the consequences of acting like an idiot uh, quite acutely anyway I don't think that by holding them to the standard of the role model, number one, is effective. Yeah. Because um, they're going to do what they're going to do anyway. Mm. But also, like, the point is not so much that they're role models. Uh, it's, it should be role models or that they are by necessity. Yeah. Um, I don't think it is uh, an appropriate means of organising a society to uh, put people who are acting in, uh, as professionals, as ipso facto role models. Okay, um, I understand your point, right? But my refute to that is that so imagine this: imagine Dylan Arpa, the exact same situation happened, but he wasn't an NRL player; he was just working a nine to five somewhere, and the boss sees it. What happens then? Gets fired. Gets fired, right? Yeah. So, in this situation, the clubs have to make a decision, and I think since it well, reflects, not he wouldn't necessarily get fired. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I want to rescind what I just said. Some, he wouldn't uh, necessarily get fined. What, what makes you say that? Because it's up to the boss. Yeah, I mean, unless we get a horrible boss's action where the he boss w- has the hearts, I don't think that's... I, I think it's unprofessional. You're, the way that it looks... Like, the way, for example, how our family has gone on about social media, right, and how it looks, right, when... So, for example, I liked the, some meme and the comments in it were pretty abhorrent and I got slandered, I got slammed for it, right? That wasn't right that I got slammed for it. I just put it out there. But So, you're going to caveat your um, equivalence to Dylan Arthur, to I, Dylan Arthur say by Dylan. saying that you were in the right. Look, no. <laughs> the problem is, right, he has done something that is actually wrong and it why is it actually, actually well, I, look, we should get to the heart of well, this well unprofessional. Un- unprofessional. unprofessional it's unprofessional and I think because it, he is in a profession where 
I, and I mean, I think the first distinction we actually have to make is the question isn't should they be role models. I think the question is are they. And since I think, okay, okay, hear me out, hear me out on this, right? I'm looking forward to hearing. You're this. looking forward to it. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna go all the way around and then eventually probably come back to You're the like middle. Grandpa hopefully. Simpson. That's it. I'm Abe, old Abe. Um, do you think they are? Do you think they are role models? Um, I think people want to make them role models, but I don't. They're trying do, to fit a square inside okay, a circle. It okay. Doesn't work. Stop dance doing the DC dip and twirl. Do you think? Okay, when you were growing up. And you watch the NRL. Who did you want to be? Jared Hayne, I would assume. Yeah, probably Jared Hayne. Yeah, okay. So you, as that child, are looking up to Jared Hayne. Yeah. Right? Therefore, by definition, he is a role model. Yeah, but no one's forcing you to look up to him. But it happens naturally. Sure. It's this natural instinct where you want to be someone you're looking up to, someone who's proficient at something, just like how the American chicks love the Australian balls, right? So then my thing is to you then, um, if we're going to say that everyone who is looked up to is held to a, a standard, uh, let's just say, uh, that's equivalent to role models, mm-hmm. correct? Which is different. To be a role model, you're different from everyone else. I'd say you're yes, held, you're you held on a higher pedestal. You have to be. Yeah. You have to be. Yeah. Because otherwise you're not a role model, right? Yeah. If we're going to say that everyone who is, a ro- who is looked up to is ipso facto a role model, that means every single person who is looked up to, not just in NRL, is a role model, but correct? I mean, hang on, no, hang on, I'm not no, done. I'm I not don't done. I'm not done. I don't I'm not done. That's your logic there. I'm not done. And then, so that means if it's your uncle, if it's your dad, if it's some guy, neighbour across the road, if it's... That means we have to hold... Pretty much everyone's a role model to somebody. We have to hold almost everyone to the same account that they're a role model. Okay. The I would agree with, I would agree with that, but the exception is the publicity that comes with being an NRL player. And because it's a completely different profession, like I mean, every I would agree that most people are role models, right? But the the repercussions of that, due to the profession, is different. Like not if when I was even me, seventeen year old, if I like I look up to, I'm not going to look up to some like accountant who's I don't know, for example. Like if you're this amazing accountant that's making money, I don't really have an interest in that. Like, I'm not going to see you as a role model. Most 17-year-olds aren't. But if you're a footy player who's in the public eye all the time, if you're, like, your performance is under scrutiny by, like, people, and then if your off-field is definitely going to be under scrutiny in the public, I think it's a completely different ball game, and you can't just sort of fit the square into a circle or whatever analogy you're using. It's completely different because of the way they are in the public eye. Mate, I just... I do not buy this kind of... Uh cultural marxism where we're going to put impose a certain level of morality on some people and then not for others just because you're somebody like looks up to you you don't owe that kid anything you don't owe him anything i disagree i'm gonna say it I I, look, i'm happy to be the one to say it you don't owe the kid anything i'm saying it's in your interest mm. it's in your interest the market will tell you it's in your interest to okay. act like a role model okay, okay. so what would okay you... but you're not what would you not your... there's nothing that you, you're just not okay. what would your repercussions for big papi be my repercussions. Yeah, well, if in you what were, capacity? if you were the CEO of the Bulldogs, yep. the person in charge of football, yeah, how did you handle the big puppy situation? Uh, well, uh, depending on the legalities, because obviously there may be some kind of court case. Or... Uh, assuming assuming it's just unprofessional, someone's leaked the sex tape. Yeah, what are you doing about big puppy? Um, 
if I believe it's going to damage the brand of the Bulldogs and I believe it's going to financially impact the Bulldogs to the extent where it's not worth the actual advantage it'd be it'd be a profit and loss statement well, I mean, be, is, is the damage he's, he's going to bring profit he, he, Dylan Arby he's a big name in the NRL he's a big forward runs it hard not real good player he's going to make you money in the in the long term, even in the short term, this is gonna probably blow over. He's in like he'll get like a six game suspension probably. Yeah. Like that's the worst case scenario, I think, for Big Papi if there's if it's only just unprofessional. Now this is obviously separate to the role model question, obviously. Well, I mean, I'm gonna just uh, it, hopefully it'll come back to that at some point. I'm just sort of you're fishing for a bit here and seeing if I bite. Uh, I'd, be, I'd you know if it was me and I knew that the um, he was gonna bring in more numbers to the games the performance of the Bulldogs is going to be okay, that the, the sex was consensual, that there was no uh, coercion or lack of consent, mm-hmm. um, and that all the appropriate lega- legalities were followed. As long as it's okay with all the parties and the fans aren't t- too unhappy with it to the extent where they stop paying money, then, um, yeah, I'm pro- I, I would probably be okay with it. Okay, I think... You were expecting me to fire him, weren't you? No, no, I wasn't expecting you to fire him. I wouldn't fire him if I was the Bulldogs here. I think that'd be a stupid, stupid money decision to make. But the thing is, I don't think you can, comple- you can completely just negate the emotions and, like, the the impact that it has That's what I just said. Fans. I just said, assuming the no, impact... No, no. Just hold out for a second, okay, right? all right, fair. The Bulldogs, the Bulldogs, they're gonna the supporters, right? They're gonna half fill ANZ Stadium every every weekend as per usual. They're gonna when a game comes to Belmore Park, they're still gonna pack out Belmore Park, right? That the impact that that has, right, on a young footy player who thinks that they can just like it's more thinking they can sort of get away with these dodgy actions that are super unprofessional. I think that impact that that has, which I think you can directly correlate to Dylan Napa and the actions of NRL players that always step out of line. You always see like SKD, or like Corey Norman multiple times. Like, the Dugs. Yeah, the Doug man, Blake Ferguson. Always stepping out of line. It's, it creates such a culture which is so bad for grassroots at rugby league, which I think eventually is the reason why rugby league at the top level it's like international level especially isn't that good it's getting better it's getting way better I mean we still lose to the Kiwis when they have one NRL team and it's always oh, oh, but, but hang on hang on a second Sean Kenny Dell's from New Zealand yeah I know let's, let's not pretend that this no, is but an he's exclusively in, Australian thing no but he's in he plays for Sydney teams he plays for Australian teams and now he plays for Newcastle whatever. I don't know I'm, I'm trying to get, get to your point okay my, point, my is. point is the actions that these NRL players have have an effect on younger players coming through and just other NRL players. And if you don't give them these repercussions, the culture that it creates is super detrimental to the game itself. Sure, but are you saying that there have been no repercussions for Dylan Napa? Well, I mean... You've got been, to think he's, in, so, a pre, been, he's in a pretty sorry place at yeah, the minute. Yeah, so, like the social repercussions on him, that's one. Yeah. I think... Financially, he's not going to be uh, eligible for any endorsements probably for the rest of his career. I disagree. I think and also, for any future contract negotiations, they're going to bear this in mind. I think, though, like, in a year's time, no one will be talking about Big Puppy. Uh, I reckon a lot of people still be talking about Big Puppy. I mean... But how many people still talk about Mitchell Pearce? Not, not that many. A I lot of say. people. As soon as Mitchell Pearce started playing well for the Knights, everyone started forgetting about it. It's all about... If, if Dylan Napa starts having, like, stellar seasons where he gets picked for for Queensland and like it gets picked for representative footy 
I don't think this is going to have much of an impact on him. And then maybe when he does something stupid again, I think it will come back to bite him. But I don't think like this will have that much of an impact on as much of an impact on him as it should. So what would you do? If I was if I was the NRL, if I was the Bulldog CEO, both. Let's go through. If you're the yeah. NRL, if I was the NRL, I'd slap him a six game ban. I'd make him issue a public apology to a press conference. I would have made him do that straight away, essentially, if I was Todd Greenberg. Um, I don't know, maybe made him do some community service or something like that, just to make sure he's... You sound real authoritarian. I am being authoritarian. I think you have to be if you're this business. I think if you're a business, you have the right to be authoritarian. Um, I think if I was the Bulldog CEO, I'd... um, I don't know. I think I'd probably just roll with those NRL sanctions and then just make sure they get carried out. But I think you need Slap to... a couple extra games on if you're the Bulldogs. Maybe like extra three I, games. I don't... I Come don't back round so. nine? Maybe. Maybe. Because um, I just think... Yeah, I just think the repercussions need to be actually quite severe for stuff like this because it seems to always be these NRL players always stepping out of line. Someone needs to give them not just a slap on the wrist... Yeah, but I just don't think you, like it's it's not the solution to the problem. I think the problem is you're not you can't control the the basis of the problem. The basis of the problem is that you got a whole bunch of guys all together, all pretty much alpha males, all souped up on testosterone, all like between the ages really of nineteen to twenty seven, all with a whole bunch of money that they've never had before, uh, and with a whole bunch of weeks in the off season, Gee. whole bunch of time off. Okay. Play, they play six months of the year. If you instill a culture into them, though, where they decide that it's... If they need to know, because obviously it doesn't quite get through into the into the meatheads, that this is seriously detrimental not only for you, but for the game, and that is what you're liable to. I just don't think you can solve this problem. I mean, I, th- I think... Because I I think, I think, you think about this yeah. type of stuff, how much of this stuff hasn't actually been brought... How many instances exactly like the one with Big Papi, um, exactly like when with Corey Norman, that hasn't come to... It's not like every single time yeah. that they do dumb stuff that it, everyone knows about it. I would, I would contend that it's most of the time they do dumb stuff, it doesn't get brought out. Well, I think... I just think there has to be a culture change then. A culture well, how change. How are you going to do it? Mate, footballers have been footballers this way for... Since football started. But well, since money started coming into the since game. Since money started coming into the game. That is fair. Um, I don't know how you do it. I'd have to. Th- I'd have to give it a good pondering. But I mean, you got to. Someone. Someone's got to be held responsible. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm saying. Uh, what I'm saying to you is that I, I guarantee you, no one's feeling the pinch more at the minute than Dylan Napa, the big puppy. The big puppy. <laughs> no one's feeling it more. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I would definitely be giving him some serious serious repercussions but well I mean yeah well Steve Smith obviously got the what a one year well I think I think Steve Smith shouldn't have been given a year I really am Look against at you the you Steve are just <laughs> the king of the double standards when okay, it comes though, to punishment bear in mind though you're right? authoritarian over Dylan Napa, no, but you just, no with Steve Smith Steve Smith's, though, Steve Smith's crime was like neglect no, not, not even neglect. Um, what's the willful ignorance? Willful, willful ignorance, right? Well, that's assuming that he didn't mastermind the whole thing. 
I, there's been no evidence whatsoever that he masterminded it. I would have slapped a year on David Warner. David Warner wasn't playing that well anyway. Yeah, yeah he's, he's fine. Out. I don't mind. Bear in mind, there's no Australian openers that are playing well at all. But, I mean... Yeah, that's true. Kawhi just got to go. Finch just got to go. Even Alex Carey, very disappointing. Disappointing. Um, but I would have given Smith... I would have taken away the captaincy, maybe given him three months. I wouldn't have given him a year. I think that was far too harsh on him. Because his... I think he definitely... Because of his role model status, I think that's why he got the extra extra pinch. But I don't think... This ping for role models, I don't get it. I Honestly, I, I just don't buy it. I mean, it's just because of the, the role they play in society, really. I mean, especially because Australian culture revolves heavily around sporting figures. Well, and not even just tank, like figures, especially. I just think they like they feel the pinch more than anyone when they do so, dumb well, stuff like then that. How come it and then the whole the, the big the big oh you're a role model pylon. I don't think it's actually very productive. I mean, it's particularly just... by people like you who sit in the bleachers and just sling it from the peanut gallery. <laughs> He's a role model. He's never. Sure I don't. I don't sling it like that. I just think. Look at the children. That's you. That is, you that are. Is you me. are. Reverend Lovejoy's okay. wife. Okay, right. Look at our children. But if you're, if you're, if you've got a son, yeah. no, I mean you're, you're obviously going to take a different approach to this. But if you're the average, the average Australian parent, you yeah. got a son who's pretty talented at rugby league, and you see Big Papi doing this dumb crap all the time. You yeah. See Corey Norman always being stupid. The Dukes, Blake Ferguson, even like yeah. James Seguiaro, who's a game, a game good guy, got pulled up into some Corey Norman BS, like. Do you really want your son participating in that culture? Uh, if you've got confidence that you've raised him to be a decent bloke... I don't think any of these parents are thinking that their sons are going to end up like this. I really don't. I mean, like, I don't think any parent would raise their son and then put, like, all the like the effort, especially not just, like, financially, but a time effort into making sure their kid's able to play rugby league at a high level. I don't think any of them are thinking that sons are going to turn out being all over the news doing dumb stuff. Well, when they start showing signs of it, it's not like, oh, they, they, they go to church on the Sunday and then they go to training camp on the Monday and they're um, taking videos of themselves. It's a pretty... I would imagine that it's either kind of been fairly consistent behavioural characteristics... Or it's kind of like a slow synthesis into it. I would say, uh, parents, I, look out. I think it's a slow synthesis from after they leave home. I don't think the parents can be liable at all. Well, in most parents cases, don't have a role. In mo- I'm saying, right? For example, when you you've moved out, right? You moved out when you're 18, 19, yeah, right. The role that our parents played, like at that point, they couldn't keep overlooking you. You were going out doing whatever on Saturday nights. I don't know. You do you. I was reading. Yeah, I'm sure. I was talking to Thomas Soul. Oh, wonderful man. Wonderful man. Um, but I'm saying the parents at that point are pretty much, they pretty much have their hands tied behind their backs. You just have to have hope in your kid that they're not going to be idiots. But a lot of the time they can't do nothing about it. So I'm not sure what you're saying. The parents have got a role in this for. Yeah, they got a role. Uh, step up. <laughs> Dylan, Up to it. Dylan Narva, Corey We've Norman. got a crisis. We've got a parenting crisis. I don't know what's... Ha- 
this idea that, that uh, it's just hands-off parenting. Well, I get, yeah, look, I agree to to a, to a, re- a reasonable degree, your kids become independent, okay? Mm. But I'm saying to you, keep your bloody tabs on them. <laughs> keep your bloody tabs on them. You, and not only that, the thing you got to instill, the thing you got you got to say to them is that there are repercussions for your actions that are so widespread they impact us as, as well as anyone else. As I said to you, I said a million times, Dylan Napa is feeling the pinch more than anyone else right now. More than the game, more than Todd Greenberg. Todd Greenberg, I think, would be getting a little bit of. Can I tell you something? Uh, people are just. This is like white noise for people with rugby league. It's like, oh, there's a rugby league scandal. Turn the page. It's on like page nine. It's I, a page nine story. I think That's it's pretty it close to a page six, three page spread on Big Papi. Big Papi would like <laughs> it. He's schlonking. If someone asked it, asked him at the time, how many pages do you want? I'd say, I want the spread. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to get in trouble, you may as well go out in big style. Now, um, I just want to caveat everything that I was saying. I don't think it's good practice to do what he did. I don't think it's good form. Yeah, okay? I, no, one, I don't, I don't, no one's saying you're he, an advocate for being a big puppy man. I'm not a fan of the big papa, okay? But I will say this. Um, unless you... Uh, like, the parents have, have got to do something. Look, I, I disagree, but we've gone round and round in circles in this... Whatever. 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 We, so we agree NRL players are not ipso facto role models just That's, by virtue that they can run the ball. Disagree. Disagree. Whatever. Whatever. What's, uh, what's next? <laughs> and maybe Australian cricket action, maybe? Uh, look, I think we've done enough for the sport. Mm-hmm. I think. What are you moving uh, on to? Maybe some memes. Some memes. Oh, oh, what was it? Did you get any kind of general vibe of um, support for Trump when you went to uh, over to? Oh, I did Morocco? actually. I did. Uh, there was one incident that was actually that pings. It sticks out of my mind, right? I was um, if if any if any people who were at this American school were there and got away with me lying to them, then I mean I'm sorry, but well, me. Look at you, the cardinal of morality. Just the last bastion of good-naturedness, given uh, the stick to alleged role models and your line are, are, are to, you to Americans. Are you done? But um, so we did a um, like a school visit in the morning, right? Because we were playing the teams in the afternoon. We um, went to one of their uh, charter sc- the charter school in Seattle, right? And so they had like their equivalent of like tutor groups in the morning or whatever. So they had like little groups of like ten people that meet and then just do whatever essentially, and. Um, me and one of my mates who me and one of my mates um were with this tutor group and he um he he i don't think he really got the political vibe there i knew straight away that no trumpish got no trumpy going on right how do you know you go i mean where was this place seattle was in seattle Seattle. like inner seattle um like you it just it seemed very hostile as you go in i mean um a lot of like a lot of diversity there, which I was all for. Um, what do you mean by diversity? I mean there was like all ethnic races. Everyone was sort of being harmonious. So like that was. Do you mean diversity of ethnicity or diversity yeah. of opinion? Not of opinion. Intellect? Not of opinion. Not, not of, of intellect. Opinion. Okay. So you walk in. So let's see. caveat diversity with by a very strict definition. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't like how this so it, that word's been bastardized. It, it does get. It does get. It's been bastardized to mean. Um, Heterogeneous races. Yeah. yeah. So um. And we we walk in and there's I think a half Asian half American teacher sitting there 
um, this young lady on her on her laptop to sort of see. Assumed race and gender. That's two strikes. That's gee whiz. I'm the three strikes and you're out. And um, straight away she goes because uh, I think she knew where I went to like a quite. An allegedly, upper, upper class. an allegedly prestigious school. Yeah, an allegedly prestigious school. And she asked, what's the ethnic diversity at your school? And so my mate, who's like not as sort of politically switched on, like just sort of looks at me and I can tell he's about to say something stupid. <laughs> and he goes to me afterwards, I was about to say there's a lot of Asians. <laughs> and so I was like, look, um, uh, I would say a, a good portion of like Caucasian, but there's a lot of international students from, especially from Southeast Asian region, all that type of BS, just switched it on. And then one of the like sort of, edgy angsty teens who are sitting there this young lady goes what does everyone in Australia think of Trump because we hate him and then the guy who was next to me goes oh Andy don't you like Trump (laughs) then all the eyes in the room start looking at me and I could feel the walls closing in and I was like oh no I actually uh, don't know that much about Trump I wouldn't really like I don't really make an opinion on him I didn't stand up for it I really just sort of backed away can I be really honest what that was weak it was super weak super weak that's a beta male move that's a beta male move and you know it did you feel did you feel a little bit of your 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 soul crushed a little you know what John Stuart Mill says John Stuart Mill says uh, that the tyranny of public opinion is often as great, if not greater, than the tyranny uh, demonstrated by the state. And uh, often the only thing that we can do to preserve our liberty, because the original definition of liberty is actually to be uh, free from the strictures and restrictions of the state where the state uh, is uh, imposing things that it should not be, intervening in aspects of the private individual's life where it, where it should not go. Um, to preserve liberty, one also has to be free from the tyranny of public opinion. And right there, um, look, that's a beta male move. It was a beta Trump male wouldn't move. have stood for that. Look, I just wanted to make sure I got out of that school with all my limbs, all my tassels and Is all that in, because the school place. was um, ethnically diverse? You thought that there was a chance it could erupt into something that was physically no, dangerous? because I knew that it was so politically undiverse. The opinions were so... One, one way, yep, homogenous is either my way or the highway. That I thought there's no point kicking up a stir here because I know straight away I'd just get started questioned on like, what do you think about Trump doing this? And I'd have to take it. It's not dissimilar to your view on the big party issue where I have to take the hard line, just no BS type of answers. And I thought there's no point in me doing this. I'm representing a school here. I can't be slinging out political opinions that are that controversial left, right and centre. That's really disappointing. Look, I let down not only the Cameron name, but the name of every... Every Every person who values the truth as the utmost virtue. Do you think, though, do you think, if I said, look, yeah, Trump's Trump's the dude, would I have made any change whatsoever in anyone's mind in in that room? We don't know. I would say... There is about a less than a one percent chance. You're a mind reader. Yes. You're a mind reader. So you're this new new breed. This is the thing. This is where you got to understand. And this is going to be a little lesson for you. It's big brother, little brother lesson. You don't know what everyone's opinion is. The assumption that everyone in that room was anti-Trump was the the only reason you got that assumption. I presume was because there was a couple of really loud anti-Trump voices. Okay, and there weren't many objections. Is that right? 
no, yeah, because yes no. because oh. there was there was two real loud voices. Yeah, everyone else peering in. Well, like the uh, like out of the twelve people in the room, four or five of them just didn't care. Were on their phones, or whatever. But everyone else was peering in. It looked quite hostile. But yeah, go on. Okay, I'm saying to you that there are almost always a real loud minority that tries to dictate to everyone else what uh, morality is and the infallibility of their position. I would say that in that sample size, that's not true. In so the, you could guarantee that there was no one there who would be even remotely sympathetic to a pro-Trump position. I can't guarantee that. Of course, I couldn't guarantee it. But okay, I'm well saying you've lost the battle due already. to the due to the like if you had if you had a look at the political. Um, Standing in that in that state in that area, I would say almost a, a significant majority would have been Democrat voters, Democrat supporters, or just not care. Sure, they see in the pop culture, they see YG screaming F Trump, and like, I think there's the people there are sort of if you're not already raised as a anti-Trump type of person. You're brainwashed into thinking that he must be the devil without actually looking at policy or anything like that. Okay, mate. Well, I'm guaranteeing you there's not a single state where every single person voted Democrat. So I guarantee you there was at least one person in Seattle who voted for Trump. Okay? And if someone asks you a question, you talk about role models and your obligation to society and your obligations to everyone else, your obligation is to tell the truth where you can. I mean, I, I heard Ben Shapiro say one time... Uh, a college student asking him a question sort of like this where if your lecturer is like making this big anti anti-republican spiel should you stand up for it if you think you might sort of get a repercussion of like worse marks or just in the bad books and he said no you shouldn't stand up for it there but once you're in a point of like power or in your point of like that you should that's why Ben Shapiro is not a true conservative that's exactly why he doesn't believe in anything he's Teflon he's Teflon Ben, and the reason the reason why is the following: uh, the belief that you can only espouse your opinion once you're in power. Uh, if you believe right. you, well, hang on a second, let me finish this because this is important. The belief that you should only espouse your opinion once you're in power. If you believe your opinion to be true and for the greater good, then there is no means by which would not be unacceptable for you to gain power in the first place. Number one, number two, it rarely happens that people who uh, are pursuing the truth or espousing the truth get to power in the first place before the truth is. Um, espoused anyway so i would say to ben shapiro that's exactly why he's not a true conservative he's a traitor to the cause um, i've got no time for ben shapiro he's done a couple of funny smackdowns of the libs but he doesn't actually believe in anything he says he's he's a fence sitter he's a never trumper and and he's a beta male for that that's a beta male comment i think though right if there are clear repercussions that would happen from you sticking up from your view right I think you should definitely wait it out to a point in which these repercussions are not going to come and haunt you. But I didn't want I didn't want ten Americans. People, but in I'm, there. I'm saying to you, most people don't get that choice. You don't get that choice. If there is a tyranny, a tyranny of public opinion, you may never get to power. The only way that you get, the only way possible way that you could uh, speak back or push back against the tyranny of public opinion is by espousing your views there and then when you have the opportunity. You had an opportunity in front of that class. You may have even changed a few minds. I've had, I've had several discussions with people where um, they said, well, what do you like about Trump? And I said, listed things, categorical reasons. There are a whole, I said, there are a whole bunch of things you may not like about Trump, but here are the reasons why you might, okay? 
there was an opportunity there and and to wait it out until you're in a position of power whatever that means that kind of abstract vagueness which just means until you're comfortable in, in the com- comfort of your own home or amongst your friends whatever that is or, or on your facebook behind a computer you're never in a more powerful position than when a group of people who don't like what you're hearing have to listen to you which it's is exactly enough. what position you're in it's fair enough they're all listening they're all there that's the most powerful position there was in that classroom when they ask you a question the thing is though Right. I completely agree there. I bad a male decision. I don't think the thing like I don't go around school, for example, and start like getting a microphone and just sure. spewing my views because I don't think I'm learned enough. Mm, that's right? fair. That is fair. <laughs> like, like I've got. I no, haven't. I, no, no, no. I, I, I would never forbid anyone from um, speaking um, by some subjective. Uh, distinction of bona fides. Yeah. See, like the thing, I, one of the things I really, really dislike, right, is for example when the night Trump won the election, all these, uh, how, what year was that that he won the election? Twenty sixteen. Sixteen. Okay, so November. I'm going into year nine at that point, and all these people are putting all these people in year nine who obviously don't know anything about politics, let alone American politics, are like, oh, like. America, what have you done? And it's like, I don't really want to be that person that if I'm called out on what I say politically, there's a good chance that I would have just gotten stumped, especially because these people are obviously so passionate about it, have read wider than I have on on these issues. And especially when that teacher's there with a laptop and obviously able to look up whatever, that's sort of a position where I know that I'm probably not going to come out of it on the right side of it because I'm not as well learned about it. Okay, well, what I would say is the following. Um, do you believe, do you honestly and actually uh, believe that there are good things about Trump? Yes. Okay, and you believe them wholeheartedly? Yes. Um, do, you, do you believe that the search for truth is uh, one of the, if not the ultimate pursuit in life? That's a, I think it's naive to put such a philosophical question down to one answer. I said if not. One of the yeah, one of the okay, all right. So you have a situation where you believe in something, or you say you do, and let's just say that that, that teacher right absolutely smokes you, right? Yeah. Smokes your bacon. Uh, everyone's sitting there laughing at you, and she puts some good points forward, and she totally deconstructs what you said. Are you better off or worse off? Better off. Better off. Better off. So that was the worst case scenario which you just espoused. Besides, obviously getting beaten um, and becoming a martyr for the cause. Um, <laughs> But that was the worst possible case scenario and you come out better. I'm saying to you that there is no possible scenario in which, besides actually being physically harmed, that you do not come out better off by standing your ground. It's fair enough. I can say. I can say. Good. It's all part of the learning curve. It is. It really is. You get to a point, I tell you what, you get to a point where you just don't care anymore. <laughs> you just don't care anymore. The heat, the heat's part of it. And you know what? You actually become... And look, I, I agree with you that I, you don't go out and seek the mic, mm. okay? That's that's something that you often see. Uh, libtards. <laughs> libtards. For lack of a better word, right? <laughs> they go out and seek the mic. But when someone's asking you, it's open slather. You've mm. got the conch. Got the conch. You've got the conch on the beach. Everyone's there. Yeah. Right? Anyways. Um, but yeah, yeah. look, I, um, the political climate there was... From what I from what I saw, very dem- democratic. I mean, the, that's probably just due to the places we were, which is um, north west. 
and then northwest the, Seattle. No, northwest America, and then um, so uh, we're in like Oregon and Washington, and then finished off in California, which is we're all pretty left leaning states. Yeah, but um, we're in last time I went, we were in Texas and Kentucky. I think that was more open to conservative views. I would say. Mm. But, um, so I, so in the two times I've gone, I've seen a bit of a spread. Bit uh, spread action. Bit spread action. A d- delicious spread. I would describe That's it as. That's fair. That's fair. Um, look, obviously, you're only still young and you're still learning. You're not legally an adult yet, so I don't expect you to be uh, fully formed. Uh, no, I know what I say. I am. Um, look, the, the question. The question is: Are we ever fully formed? I would think not. Uh, yeah, but if you say that, then the, you know. Then I guess there's no excuse for being <laughs> being, being a beta male. <laughs> Which you were in that classroom. I was in that classroom. The thing is, I, I think just I'm surrounded by beta males, especially as teachers at school. <laughs> All right, well, let's not... I don't want to get you expelled or anything. That being said, um, you know, if you if you really want to, obviously I face no repercussions for you calling out your teachers on the podcast. Well, I mean, there's a, uh, the majority of them are good, good guys, especially the ones, like, I find the best... The two... My favourite department of teachers at school, left laning... They don't. They don't hide it, but they don't. They definitely do not just force it down your throat. They, what they're there to teach, right? The teachers I have a problem with are the obvious beta males that are there to sort of silence your speech, and that does happen yeah. quite often. Yeah. The trick is not to let them do it. The thing is, it's the it's the the powerful positions. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. But there is like. Then you just tend to, you can drift off into abstractions where you, it's a constant fluid dynamic where it's who has the power and in what yeah. sense and the extent to which they can exercise it, right? And yeah. if you just, otherwise you, you can constantly drown in that, like a, a plastic bag. <laughs> Katy Perry or something. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> floating in the wind. Um, but if you have a position, stick by it. Yeah. Stick by it. I'm not saying to you, uh, like for instance, I... I Post leaving school, I've realised that uh, in my estimation, a lot of the economics that they taught us were wrong. And there were actually, um, for instance, uh, Keynesian uh, aggregate demand stuff, which basically Keynes' position was that uh, economic growth was a function of aggregate demand. Um, And one of the ways that you can stimulate aggregate demand, which is something that the Federal Reserve, as well as uh, central banks and governments have all implemented, is to uh, borrow massively and spend, particularly on public works. Okay. Uh, you have a number of problems with the Keynesian model. Um, primarily, is that uh, if you if you contend that you can um, that economic uh, economic growth is only a function of aggregate demand and not uh, has nothing to do with productivity, yep. you could pay someone to dig a ditch and refill it, right? Mm. And that would still contribute to economic growth, apparently, right? And then you also have this kind of multiplier business. Um, Within the Keynesian, anyways, um, the trick the trick to do it, um, like that's heavily left leaning. Yeah. If you actually think about it, if you actually break down what the Keynesian the Keynesian model is, so what you had um, post World War, um, you had kind of resurgence of conservative economics, particularly uh, the Chicago kind of school with Milton Friedman, and then you have more the more Austrian with Friedrich Hayek. But then after that, you have Keynes comes in and um, the reason why the government's like Keynes was because Keynes says you can actually do a lot of good by borrowing a lot of money and then spending a lot of money. And what that means if you're a government is if you're spending a lot of money, you can keep a lot of people happy, yeah. a lot of votes, right? But it doesn't actually, 
it doesn't actually um, account for the fact that you got to pay back that money with interest a lot of the time, and that it doesn't actually necessarily um, get like a net profit and a gain. Yeah, it doesn't actually influence your productivity, which is what 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 you have to do really is um, keep increasing your productivity. Um, and what I, like if I knew that um, that doctrine was being taught now, for example, I would be more um, antithetical towards it. I would oppose yeah. it more. But like one of the things you can do is, and I would encourage you to do, is have discussions with you because a lot of the time they're just teaching to the syllabus, syllabus yeah, right? Exactly. And they may not actually believe what they're teaching anyway. Mm. Um, and look, if a teacher doesn't like what you have to say, that's fine, right? And there is a possibility you may get marked down for it, okay? But I would say that the cost of um, your integrity is not worth the gain of the extra marks. That's fair. That is a fair trade-off. Um, if you can go, if you can get to the end of the school and say, I honestly thought uh, what I said to teachers and what I said to other students was true and the best possible version of what I could say, I think that's a pretty good thing. And it's better than... Um, and I think often if you get to the truth, you, you actually clarify your thoughts in a more succinct way and you end up doing better anyway. Yeah, I think... Um the first first term of year 12 and even in like the sort of latter latter parts of year 11 i did definitely get more of a critical stance especially um yeah i saw that teachers. as well yeah and i, I mean does does get you into a little bit of, a little bit of hot water at some points um but i think hot water is the place where you want to be if you're not if you're not creating there's no such thing as bad publicity mate that's right um, particularly around school particularly around school and you get sheer street cred as well not going to lie from uh, putting putting your opinions out there uh, not taking no well you have to take it take crap from teachers but if you sort of ward off the initial initial dumpings then you're then you're doing fine um, no but, I agree I agree you just got to test the water find where the sweet spot is um Okay, well, I, I would say we'd almost be wrapping up pretty soon. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about memes. Yeah, that is what you've got me on for. A little bit of meme action. A little bit of meme action. Yeah. Uh, we're going to put a few in the links uh, on the SoundCloud, on the Facebook, and on the YouTube. Um, some of the best memes of, I would say, I'm going to ask Andy to put Maybe. together the top five memes of 2018. If you can narrow it down that far, if you can't, top 10 is going to be great. I've got a couple that I really like. Yeah. Uh, there might be some overlap. Andos, uh, they can be political, non-political. Um, firstly, why don't you explain what a meme is? Well, the thing is, the meaning of a meme has evolved drastically. I mean, it used to just be the picture, top text, bottom text, and that's it, right? That's the meme. That's what I was brought up on, the memes. And then it moves, it's sort of evolved into a point where you use... Well, that's it. one definition of a meme. Yeah, you can get the memes... Like, but memes now can even just be videos that of just people doing stupid things. People, you could describe that as a meme. I probably wouldn't. But it's more just a picture of a video that can be related to certain situations, I'd say. Well, the official definition of a meme, right? So the original definition of a meme before that was applied to pictures with text, etc., was uh, an element of a cultural system of behaviour passed from one individual to another by imitation or other non-genetic memes. Yeah. That kind of like cultural mores yeah. type of thing became a meme. Um, second is obviously an image, video, piece of text, typically humorous. 
that is copied and rapid uh, copied and spread rapidly by internet users often with slight variations well there's massive variations and i think that's not doing yeah. justice that definition is not doing justice to yeah. the power that memes have I'm pretty sure the eu tried to ban memes didn't they i did hear that yeah and it was i mean there was of course due to that a lot of funny memes were made about it yeah and i mean i think memes really are just a a lot of the time can be a reflection of like ideas of thought that because a lot of memes you know you just a lot of them are sort of weighed more weighed than what you expect yeah um, it's a lot there is like, something it, it, it is almost an art in itself obviously to a degree yeah um because obviously they've got to be able to capture something which is kind of universal some aspect of human nature or everyday life which is funny or humorous yeah. and be able to present that yeah um and it's done it's done and it can't be explained because once a meme obviously the person who creates it isn't going to be on there you know just no 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 that's not what it's yeah, about it's got, but it. you can't be clearing up technicalities on memes that's you right. got, it's got to be out there it's got to be simple enough for people to digest but it's also got to have enough meaning so that it actually holds some type of weight I agree I really like memes I get a good kick out of them every day every day um, we, uh, the Carnage House production crew send each other memes often yeah you got to keep um, edgy it really uh, and hip Hip and trendy, as mum would say. Very, very hip. They, like, all jokes aside, they do actually bring people together, the memes. They do. Just like uh, the classic goxy stitch-ups bring people together. Yep. Memes bring people together. They really do. The stitch-up on Davo is just... Oh, gee. That is so timeless. Shout-out Aaron Gox. Shout-out Goxy. I haven't seen a lot of him recently. I, um... Yeah, look, he... So a bloke almost... He was a double game with him at the uh, pub the other day. I was going to go up to him... Then I thought, God, that's risky. What if it's not Goxy? What if it's well, not? It's him? most likely not. Yeah. Um, I mean, favorite meme so far of 2019, or, or just, just all time? Uh, all time, all time meme. Gee whiz, that is a big call. I mean, I do have a soft, a soft spot for um, the old, the old, old original memes. I mean, I used to be quite the meme maker in year five and six of like the Dodge, the Bad Luck Brian. Bad Luck Brian's a classic. Uh, the Fry, you know the. Uh, yeah, I do know the Fry. Um, I but I do have moved more onto. I wouldn't. I'm not sure if these are really described as memes, but it's just videos of people doing dumb things or saying stupid things. I wouldn't really describe it as a meme. Um, but I mean, well, I ask you where you're going. You tell me where you've been. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, That's what I'm saying, man. Trees, I ask your favorite meme, okay, and you tell okay. me my favorite things. The, my, probably my favorite meme of 2018 would have been the Theresa May memes. Theresa May memes. They were hilarious. I will, I will encourage everyone to look it up. I mean, especially because the walking, even, the walking even, one. Yeah. Even if you don't know who she is, it's just it's so it, funny. Just it the, is funny. The, the walking movements. Have you seen uh, the memes that were made about her? Um, she did that live stream where she's like, "I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get a beer." That's not Theresa May. That's oh, Elizabeth that's Warren. Warren. I get him confused. I get him confused. <laughs> that's yeah, the the late this lady uh, got a uh, tenure at Harvard teaching law on the basis that she was uh, an indigenous, she was a Native American. Mm. Um, Donald Trump kept calling her Focahontas, <laughs> um, Faux F A U X. Um, because he didn't believe she was Native American. So she did a DNA test. Um, she's obviously, she's actually one of the front runners for the uh, Democratic primary. She could be one of the people who runs up against Trump. If she does, it will be a bloodbath. Carnage, uh, Trump will ruin her. Trump will um, anyway, the DNA t- test came back and she was 
one over, so one, it's a fraction, one over 1,024. That's the percentage of her, that, that was the fraction of her that was Native American. And she got a tenured uh, professorship at Harvard as a basis of her um, uh, alleged uh, ancestry. And what she also, <laughs> she said, uh, a couple of years ago, there was a video that resurfaced that she knew uh, or that her grandfather or whatever told her that she, she, you could tell that she was Native American because of her high cheekbones. <laughs> so basically, it was a bunch of anecdotes that were running around the family that they were Native American. And it was uh, the, it, the test comes back and it says that Donald Trump might actually be more Native American than Elizabeth yeah. Warren. Just there the, you go. The delusion is hilarious. But yeah, um, the, she, she recently did a, a live stream where she's like, Starts the live stream and then she goes, "Wait, hold on, I'm gonna go get me a beer." This is my, this is my husband. This is my husband. Do, do you want a beer? Do you want a beer? <laughs> do you want a beer? Thank you for being here. Thank just, you for, so just, much for being really here. I love appreciate you. you. And it's just it's the weirdest it's, thing. It's seriously goes straight into the cringe compilation. Cringe compilation. A, uh, Donald Trump on social media. One Elizabeth Warren. Zip. Um, my favorite meme. Uh, the NPC meme NPC cracked memes. me up um, mm. big time. Yeah. Basically, the premise of the meme is. Uh, it actually started in 2015 on Reddit, allegedly, the origins of it. Um, and basically, um, it started because someone posted a semi-scientific, um, thesis and the hypothesis was, it was kind of a resurrection, I think, of a much older hypothesis. Well, the hypothesis is that there's only a certain number of souls that go around, um, that go around the earth and that the rest are just essentially the equivalent of non-playable characters so if you ever play a video game and like a first person game a, and you a first person game like uh like red dead like redemption. red dead redemption or um just any any game like grand theft auto or like skyrim or skyrim, skyrim is skyrim's a good one yeah where you go up to them and they only have a certain number of responses right and you go through all of them and then you go back up to them after you've got, and they've got the exact same responses right you press x to talk to them and then they've got the same responses anyway um, so basically the contention was that everyone who didn't have a soul was by definition an NPC and that all the people on the left um, who were acting as social justice warriors were in fact NPCs just in real life because obviously there are only a certain number of souls and that um, basically um, they were saying that like all the people on CNN um, and basically all their responses were like orange man bad um, <laughs> Trump is a Nazi, uh, orange man, racist, um, Cheeto man, not my president. Uh, basically, um, they were, the, the, the contention was that uh, everyone who was going against Trump was um, a non-playable character and just repeating old lines. It was pretty. It was really funny. It was really. Funny. There were, that, that, like that's quite deep. It mean. Look, you, you have to you, go. You really got to get the it. problem. The problem is right. If you if you don't get it, then like it's it's tough to explain those yeah. type of memes because they're they're layered, sophisticated, and that's what we like here at Kind Yeah, a little bit of sophistication bit on, the, on the meme front. A little bit of nuance, a little bit for the everyday look, punter. And they look the memes. It's a battlefront on the meme front. You get the, and I mean, you told me this. The reason why the right is like significantly, they're significantly more funny than the left. And that's why... At the minute, they are. Yeah. At the it moment, changes. they are. It changes. But I mean, it you changes. don't... There's not many left-wing memes that are torching the right like that. It's more just not funny. The problem is that there are a whole bunch of inherent contradictions within positions. Like, uh, it's not the traditional left. 
that, uh, that that's having this problem. It's the far left that's mm. having this problem because uh, what they've done is they've tried to synthesize society into, a, as I, I've said this before, into a series of strata. Um, and within that, there's obviously always going to be a whole bunch of um, contradictions when yeah. you try and organize people into classes yeah. um, in a society where there's innumerable characteristics mm. and everyone's doing... Uh, differently or better or worse. It's a discussion for another day, mate. We on, could do well, it. we've already had that discussion. Anyways, um, NPCs, my favourite. Um, yeah. I mean, even the um, old Roscoe had uh, some good memes on the Outsiders. I mean, you see, the uh, they did one on the diversity inclusion bunch where just all these white males with short blonde hair. No, it was, it was yeah, 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 the diversity bunch. Basically, all the the, the big preachers of diversity um, in all the major banks and um, corporations were all uh, white women in like their mid thirties with sh- short blonde hair. Short blonde hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's un- unlimited memes. And that's what we like. It. That's what we like. Um, well, look, is there anything you want to have a rant about before we wrap it up? I think that's pretty good. Um, I don't think I really want to have a rant about anything. Really, um, you're gonna be you're gonna stand upright for the truth. When confronted from now on, are you going to make that pledge? Look, where you can. Look, um, if I would, I don't think I can guarantee it. I really don't, which is problematic. Soft. It's soft, but I mean, I'll, I'll def, I can guarantee you, I'll try harder to not be a snowflake on my issues, on issues that I do genuinely think I'm correct about. I mean, it's a, it really is, a, it's a war out there. It really is. All these, I mean, the lived And you're sitting in the middle. I'm the bar, I'm the deplorable. The basket of deplorables. You're not a deplorable. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. Not after you didn't say anything. What, the, the silent majority is the deplorables. Me. The silent majority. Whatever. You're Whatever. contributing to the death of the West. Anyways. Alrighty, that might be uh, the, the old wrap-up time. I don't think I've got a rant. Um, also, as per usual, we want to thank our sponsors, My Style Suits. There are big things happening in 2019 for My Style Suits. You're going to have to wait and find out. It's coming big, it's coming fast, and it's coming in hot. Keep your uh, ears to the ground and nose to the wind regarding that. Any, Andy, anything you want to plug? Shout-outs to the, the big dogs. They're watching. Uh, you really got to be in it to know it. But the big dogs, big shout-out to the boys. Boys out in uh, the 212. Okay. Classic. Classic. Yeah. All right. Easy. Um, keep an ear, uh, also, keep an eye out. Uh, Cunnage House is going to be expanding a little bit pretty soon. So um, it's exciting. One more thing to look out for, actually. It's going to be the first time since the creation of Carnage House that we're going to have a little bit of overlap of all three yeah. major parties. All together. All together. There'll be a lot of. Well, there'll be a content dump on y'all. There's going to be some serious action when Dukes yeah. gets back. Dukes yeah. is back. Send in, send in your questions as well. Dukes we is might back do in a, about two weeks. We'll do a, we'll do a Q and A or something like that. We'll get um, we'll get if you want if you want to ask the Cameron boys something, if you want to get a little bit of sibling rivalry going, anything like that. Play some games. Play some games. If you want to watch us play some 2K or watch Alex's reactions when I whoop him. Uh, Shout out to the uh, 2002-2003 uh, 03-04 Detroit Pistons uh, on NBA 2K who are flat out garbage. I've never played with a more trash team in my life. Uh, Shaunty Billups, slowest release ever. Um, I want to rip Hamilton, garbage. Uh, 
Ben Wallace, hot trash. Ben Wallace. Darko Milicic, busted not only in the game but in the draft. Tell you what. All right. Uh, that's it from us. Um, big thanks to Andos. Thanks for, thanks for coming, mate. Thanks for having me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Till next time. <laughs>